26, 41, it says, Keep watching and praying to avoid temptation. The spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. If you're honest with yourself, because I'm going to be honest, because I'm standing up here and all of you are looking at me, we fight every day against our flesh. Whether it's with greed, with anger, with attitude or condemnation. But by God's grace and mercy, we can go to him every day and die to our flesh and ask for forgiveness because we need it. I need it. Amen. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing
give our man a big round of applause this morning. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Turn our mains up just a little bit, Mike. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Touch somebody and say, be a Bible thumper this morning. Usually I pick one scripture, two scriptures, you know, and I'm not a very good reader. I don't claim to be a very good reader, but I'm a lot better reader than I used to be. I was thinking about it this morning. Only God can do what he's done in my life in nine years. Only God can do what, he, what he's done in your life in the years you've been serving him. Who says that this morning? Amen. Who's so glad they're not addicted to drugs and alcohol anymore? Then there ought to be somebody lifting shout this morning. Praise God. Not be afraid to stand up and say amen. I don't ever want one of them churches where people are so quiet and they're sitting on their hands and, and they're looking all mad. I want them to be excited that God set them free. I was thinking about it. I, I got a 10th grade education. I really barely made it through the 9th grade. I stayed for the 10th grade because I wanted to play football. I played football, and I got a guy who took some interest in me, and he, uh, he was my shop teacher. He turned out to be our rodeo coach. He, he showed me how to get on bulls and fall off bulls and drink beer and party and drink some more beer and get on some bulls and fall off. I didn't learn anything from my parents that I can remember that was positive. Never once have I remembered in my life my mom or dad telling me something that I can, I, I can thank God for today. I've learned what I've learned from watching you. I've learned what I've learned about being a Christian from watching other Christians. Thank God for that today. And I want you to know this, that somebody is watching you. Somebody's paying attention to you. Somebody's got their eye on you at this. But watch this. Your kids are watching you, Daddy. Your kids are watching you, Mama. Your kids are watching you, Grandma and Grandpa. I was thinking about it. Nobody can do what has been done in my life except for God. God is the answer to my prayers. He is the only thing that has ever got a hold of me and made me feel so complete, so completely loved also. How many feel loved because of Christ this morning? God is such an awesome God. I got a 10th grade education. I don't read very well. I, I graduated from the penitentiary. Uh, I made a bunch of bad choices chasing my dream of rodeo. They locked me up for two and a half years of my life. I didn't get any education in there. I, I, I just got a hoe and a shovel, and, and they put me in a field and made me work. I didn't get a lot of education in there. I, I'm a self-taught guy. I'm a self-taught guy. And so when I got saved, Nine years ago, ten years ago, it's been about 11 years ago. I don't remember when I got saved, but boy, it was a great day when I got saved. I got saved on Father's Day in 2005. I got saved on Father's Day, and it changed my entire life. And I remember being like you, sitting in blue chairs. When First Baptist Church of Conroe asked me when I came here, how can we help you, Pastor Mark? We had metal chairs. We had iron chairs. We had somebody's chairs from their living room up in here. Somebody had a lazy boy over there, and they were kicked up like that. And Boy, that's a hot seat in there. <laughs> had all kinds of purple chairs and green chairs and metal chairs. Had a bunch of chairs that just looked uncomfortable. People would be squirming. So when First Baptist Church asked me nine years ago, Pastor, how can we help you? I said, I guarantee if we could get some nice chairs, people would stay a while. First Baptist of Conroe went and bought us $14,000 worth of chairs, and you're sitting in those chairs. 
today. You're sitting in those chairs. And they asked me what color. Watch this. They asked me what color. I said blue. Because in my church back home in Parkview, we had blue chairs. So I didn't know any other chairs. So I sat in blue chairs in Parkview, and they asked me what color. I said, give me some blue chairs. But I remember being just like you. Say just like you. I remember being just like you, listening to a preacher week after week, month after month, day after day. And I remember God speaking to my heart. And I remember saying, God, I want to be used by you. I remember saying, God, I just want to serve you. God, I love you. You've done so much for me. Lord, I've been sober. I've been set free. I'm becoming a better father. Oh, I love Mary more than I've ever loved her in my entire life. We've been together for a long time, but I didn't really love her like I was supposed to until I loved God like I was supposed to. And I remember in my heart sitting in those blue chairs just like you and saying, God, I want to serve you. God, I want to serve you. I want to follow you. Anywhere you want me to go, anything you want me to do, God, I'm your man. And all of a sudden, watch this. A door opened up in my life. God supernaturally opened up a door in my life. And here I am today. God is in the door opening business. And God is also, pay attention, in the door shutting business. God shut a door on my past. I am not that same person who was uneducated. I'm not that same person who was ignorant or untaught. I'm not that same person who used to drink and drug and run around and do things that were ungodly. God shut the door on my past, hallelujah, and God opened one on my future. I told you this is going to be the best series you've ever heard in your entire life, especially for somebody who's ready for God to shut the door on all the drinking, all the partying, all the drugs, all the lies, all the stealing, all the things that you've done when you walk through that back door. You're ready for it to be gone as far away from the east as it is to the west. God says, I put it away. God can do that for you. God can do that for you. God can do that for you, but you got to be willing. Now, there's stubborn, prideful people in here, and there's churchy people in here who act like they got it all together. But listen to me. God wants to shut the door on you and open it up to him. I remember a pastor telling me, I want you to preach, Brother Mark. I want you to preach in my church, but you got to learn the King James Bible. I said, man, I guess I ain't preaching there. Because I couldn't understand the King James Bible. It was hard for me to understand. I, I probably got a fifth grade reading level before Christ. But I remember that preacher. I think that was a way for him to keep me out of his church. It was a way to shut a man like me out. Can I say this to you? I learned from Jeff Bates. It happens to him all the time. He gets to them big churches, and he starts sharing with the pastor his testimony about how he stole, how he robbed, how he cheated, how he did drugs. He starts telling those pastors about, about his life and the stuff that he's done, and, and, and they say, oh, oh, can you leave this out? and Can you leave that out? God wants in in all of our life. He don't want us to leave him out of nothing. But I remember that pastor telling me, 
Oh, you can't preach here unless you can read out a King James Bible. I was so brokenhearted. I was so discouraged. I was like, man, this is awful. So you know what I did? I said, God, I need you to help me understand the King James Bible. Because I was reading the New Living Translation. I still love the Living Translation. It's what I preach out of most of the time. I understand it. It's English, easy to understand, sometimes hard to swallow. But I wanted to be God's man. Anytime you want to be God's man or you want to be God's woman, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will teach you. He will minister to you. He will make things happen in your life that you never thought could happen on your own. He will open up this door supernaturally. He will open up this door, and great things will begin to minister to you I'm going to let these kids come in and get a seat give our kids a big round of applause they just come in find a seat guys there's some up here here real quick guys just blend in in the back blend in where you can find in these kids just fed our homeless community this morning what an awesome powerful ministry guys now you're in church Sit down, guys. Go to the next row. Go to the next row. There's some right there. Fill in, fill in. Open your Bibles if you brought one to Revelations 3. Revelations 3, verse 8. Got my Bible? I'm going to take you on a Bible trip this morning. Guys, we'll visit in a minute. I uh, was thinking about it, how I couldn't read out that King James Bible, how I couldn't do a lot of things, but God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. I was sitting in those blue chairs just like you are. I asked God to use me, and supernaturally he opened up the door, and then he shut some in my life. I'm 10 years sober, clean. Come on, somebody ought to praise God if they're sober and clean. I don't smoke. I don't cuss. I've changed my life. One thing I thought would really be hard would be to stop cussing. All y'all are shaking your head. You can do it. Touch somebody and say, you can do it. Now touch them again and say, God is talking to you. You can do it. I used to have the worst vocabulary in the world. But God said, I want you to have a better vocabulary. God said, I want you to speak my words, not your own words. I want you to speak God's words, not man-made words. See, I say this a lot. And people leave all the time. People leave all the time. They go back to their work. They go back to their homes, and they cuss, and they do. Man, change. Change. Yesterday, me and Mary was on our home on our way home to get ready for Amy and them's wedding, and, and a guy was selling some horses, and I know he goes to another cowboy church, and so I said, baby, let me whip in here and see what he wants for these horses. She said, we don't have time. i got to take a shower. I said, give me five minutes. Your five minutes turns into 30 minutes. I said, I just want to <laughs> see these horses. And uh, so I stopped in there at the church member of another cowboy church's house, and every word out of his mouth, and he knows I'm a preacher, was using God's name in vain. Every word out of his mouth was blank, blank, blank. I can't say in church, God might strike me dead. I don't think I'm going to buy his horses. <laughs> but I did pray over his property. And I did pray for him when I left. God wants to get a hold of every one of us. 
So I found these scriptures about doors. And I wanted to talk to you about something that God has been putting on my heart heavy lately. And it's a series I wanted to start for a couple weeks. I, I was telling Brother Vic I need some help. I want to start a series on doors. Put this door in here and don't take it off for, for nothing. The name of my series is The Lord is My Doorkeeper. Say that with me. Say it louder. Hallelujah. Revelations 3, verse 8. I know your works. Revelations 3, verse 8. Got my Bible? I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. And I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my words and have not denied my name. I know you have little power, but you have kept my words, and you have not denied my name. And here we are building on God's house. Here we are trying to make room for people. Because I've kept his words, I haven't denied his name. I've let his power be the power here. He has made great in our weakness, folks. Matthew 7, 7. Got my Bible? Turn there with me real quick. We're going to go through this Bible just a few more verses, so stay with me. Revelation 3, 8 says, I know the... Your works, behold, I have set before you an open door, which is which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my words and have not denied my name. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Matthew 6, 6, go there with me. But when you pray, Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen? Is anybody with me? Amen? And the last one, go there with me, Proverbs eight thirty four. All these are found in your Bible and, and there's about 35 more times in the Bible that God talks about doors. Doors are important in our walk. Doors are important in our life. And we're going to cover the bases on some doors for the next few weeks. Uh, he says in Proverbs 8.34, got my Bible? This is one of the most important ones you'll listen, you'll hear. Blessed is the one who listens to me. Hallelujah. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. How many are waiting for God to open up a door in their life right now? How many waiting for God to do something big in their life right now? How many waiting for God to shut some doors in their life right now? We're going to cover some things. You listen to me this morning. The Lord is my doorkeeper. Man is not my doorkeeper. God is my doorkeeper. Circumstances. What the doctor says. What the bank statement says. Are not my doorkeeper. The Lord is my doorkeeper. And he sets before me a door. 
that he shuts and that he opens. The Lord is my doorkeeper. If you're serving the Lord today, he's your doorkeeper. He's the one that can take a 10th grade education, a guy who got out of prison, a guy who just got saved, a guy who just got born again and baptized and supernaturally opened up a door and do what he's done in my life. God's allowed me to baptize over 4,800 people in the last nine years. Let's give him praise for that. I've seen God just do some miracles, and he's still in the miracle business today. If you're serving the Lord, he's your doorkeeper. How many believe we're always moving through seasons? We're always moving through seasons from one transition to another. I looked back the other day, I was 30. Today I'm 43. Some of y'all looked back the other day, you were 50, and now you're 70, 80, 90 years old. Boy, how time flies, how transitions fly. We're always moving through seasons and stages in our life. It's something how you say, man, I never thought I'd make it this far. Let me say this to you today. It's important to know that whatever transition you're in, whatever season of life you're in, to have a relationship with God, that is the most important thing. As life transitions, and it might take you out of Waco and move you to Conroe. It may take you out of Conroe and move you to Africa. It may take you from healthy to sick. It's important to have a relationship with God. You're never going to transpire and get through anything without God. You'll fall apart without God. You'll be like that church I was speaking about. You'll be on the edge of, of people just saying, you know what, I give up. With God, you don't ever have to give up. Somebody praise him today. If you're serving the Lord, he is your doorkeeper. I've often said this. Where one door shuts, another one opens. But it's hell in the hallway. It's hell in the hallway. It's hell waiting for God to... Shut a door and open a door. Sometimes in the hallway it's not fun. Someone said when you get caught between a yes sir and a no sir, you get an ulcer. Sometimes waiting, sometimes sometimes trying to wait and see where God wants you next and what, what's going to happen in your marriage next and what's going to happen in your career next. Sometimes in the hallway it's hell. I want to talk to you about doors. I want to talk to you about doors this morning it's true in between one place and another there's always a door a room has a way to access it and it's called a door we call it a door because it's how you get from one place to another where you want to go a room has a way to access that room and it's called a door a door separates one room from another which means your movement doesn't have to be far to make your transition how many understand that? How many live in a house? I saw one of our members the other day said, do you sleep with your door open or do you sleep with your door closed? And people were answering that. You know, from one room to the next, from Justin's room to Dalton's room, it's only a few feet. God can supernaturally move you from sick to healthy, from broke to prosperity, from an addict to set free. With just a few open doors. Somebody ought to hear me today. Amen. Because if you're standing at a door. 
and I'm in this room, and even though it seems like it's a long way off to move from one season to another, from one place to another, from brokenness to homeless, from sickness to health, from poverty to blessing, the Bible says that if the Lord is your doorkeeper, all it takes is for you to move from one place to another is for a door to appear. God put this door in my life, and it was there. And he said, I got something for you. You're asking to be used. I'll open it when you walk through it. Some of you are not receiving what God has for you. The door's open, but you're afraid. God said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. I gave you power over fear. But some of you are afraid to take a chance. Get on a ministry. Go and serve the homeless. Some of you are afraid to, to give your money to the poor or, or try to help somebody because the circumstances of this world say, well, everybody's going to take advantage of you. If God puts a door before you, he will not let anybody harm you or hurt you. You just need to walk through it. The Bible says that if the Lord is your doorkeeper, all it takes is for you to move from one place to another for a door to suddenly appear. One decision changed my life. One decision, folks. Accepting Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior changed my entire life. The Bible says that if the Lord is your doorkeeper, all it takes is for you to move from one place to another is for a door to appear. I thought about how the Lord said he would be our doorkeeper. Doors in the Bible, open doors lead to access to something. Shut doors mean you don't have access anymore. When you understand that there are positive and negatives to doors, a door closed means you don't have access to that anymore. God wants to shut the door on some of your habits this morning, like cussing. God wants to shut the door on some of your added, some of your addictions this morning, like jealousy. God wants to shut the door on that relationship that you think you're doing in secret behind your husband or your wife. God wants to shut that door this morning. God wants to shut the door and not let the drug man back into your life. Doors have negatives and doors have positives. You're going to learn that in this series, that doors have negatives and doors have positives. A door closed means that you don't have access to that anymore. Listen, this is a shut door means it's to protect you. If you leave a door open all night at your house, are you protected at all? How many grew up in an area where you could leave your door open all night? How many wouldn't do that today? Brother Mark, you know where I live. Yeah, I know where you live. I used to get on a friend of mine. She'd always leave her door open all the time, always leave it unlocked. People was walking in and out of her house. One day she came home and some guy was running out of her back door, had, had some, some of her rings and her jewelries and some of her guns in her house. We live in a day where we got to lock our door. We got to be smart. God shuts the door sometimes so that you'll be protected, folks. I, I set my alarm and lock my door. That's the world we live in today. A door closed means you don't have access anymore. Listen to this. A shut door, you have protection. If you leave your door open all night where you live, you don't have protection. But that door is shut for your protection. Please understand this. When God shuts a door, folks, it's for your protection. You want to force this relationship. 
You want to force this job. You want to force this. Quit trying to force so much and be in the will of God. God shuts doors in our lives for our protection, folks. If he shuts a door on a relationship, some of y'all are not going to be with the girl you're with today. Some of you are not going to be with the boy you're with today. If God shuts a door on that relationship, it's for your protection. God, the ruler of the universe, didn't create you to make you miserable and cry all the time. If he shut the door on that relationship, how many today are happy they're with the one they're with right now and he shut the door on another relationship? Hallelujah. Garth Brooks had a song back in the 90s called Unanswered Prayers. Anybody ever heard that song? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I'll sing it for you. Give me a guitar. Donnie, where's that guitar at? I mean, remember that song, Sometimes I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. What he was talking about in that song was he went to a homecoming football game, and there was his sweetheart, and she didn't look like she did when she was 16. Like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't let her see me. And he started saying, well, they ran into one another in the song, and she looked at him like, oh, Lord, he don't look like he used to. And they cordially spoke and went their different ways. And he looked at his wife and he looked at his life today. And he said, sometimes I just thank God for unanswered prayers. How all he ever wanted was her. All he ever wanted when he was 16 was to be with her. All he ever wanted when they were in the high school was to grow up, get married, have a family. But it didn't work out because God shut that door. Sometimes God shuts that door on that job, on that career, on those people that used to be your friends who are no longer your friends. God shuts that door and he wants that door to remain closed. Why? Because he wants to protect you. If Garth Brooks records a new album and wants me to sing on it, I'm willing. I'm so glad that the Lord is my doorkeeper today and not me. Because if I was my own doorkeeper, and some of you today, you're hard-headed. Some of you today, you're living in, in this mindset that you can do whatever you want, say where you want, and you're still kicking down doors. You're still saying... I'll do what I want, whenever I want, however I want. I'll just kick it in. If they won't let me in, I'll kick it in. I am so glad that the Lord is my doorkeeper today. Because if you try to kick things, be stubborn, make things, that's going to lead you to hell. You've got to live a life that's submitting to God in every area of your life. Oh, y'all not listening to me this morning. I'm so glad the Lord is my doorkeeper and not me. I would have made a lot of doors open. I would have kicked a lot of doors in and said, I'm supposed to do that. I I've been here longer. I I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in charge. I I'm supposed to be running this company, not you. I don't think you can hear me. Because I can rejoice over closed doors as much as I can open doors this morning. The Lord is my doorkeeper. I'm not trying to beat those doors down anymore. I'm just waiting for them to appear. And when God tells me to walk through them, I walk through them. Because he's working all things out for the good of those who love the Lord. And I love the Lord. 
And if you love the Lord, He's working all things out for good for those who love the Lord. So if that door is shut, if He shut that door, don't try to kick it in. Don't try to force your way in. Don't go around complaining all the time, griping, bickering, being unhappy with life. If God shut that door and he slammed that door shut and he says, Mark, I don't want you to go through there. But, Lord, on the other side are so many blessings. But he says, if you'll just trust me here in the hallway, when I open it, you'll find real blessings. Not man-made blessings, but real blessings. I'm almost done. Listen to me. Not only does God shut doors for our protection, secondly, He shuts doors for our privacy. Somebody needs to hear me right now. You don't need to tell everybody your hopes and dreams because they'll try to rob them. They'll try to steal them. They'll be jealous of you, and they'll try to crucify you. Not only does God shut doors for our protection, but he also, God shuts doors in our life for privacy. Let me put it like this. Sometimes my kids, my boys will call me and they'll say, Daddy, we're on our way home. I said, okay, well, we got Cody with us and we got Kaylee with us and we got Lauren with us and we got Ryan with us. And we're like, okay, is it okay if they come home? Come home with us. I said, where y'all at? Oh, we finna turn on y'all's road. Well, I guess it's okay. And then we got to scramble. My wife is a very neat housekeeper. She's, I married somebody just like my mama. My mama, you could eat off her floors. I married somebody just like my wife. But there's sometimes, how many, even if you got a clean house, there's sometimes you got unfolded clothes here and stuff laying over here and you ain't washed the dishes right away and there's stuff laying out. Sometimes God shuts those doors for our protection. Sometimes the boys will call and say, hey, we're coming over with some friends. Or somebody will call me and say, hey, preacher. And I'll say, hey, man, how's it going? Hey, we're right down the road. We want to come over for a minute. Oh, you are? Don't you just love that? It says if I was going to be a preacher in Titus, I had to let people come over to my house. It says that. If you're going to be a preacher, you got to let people come over to your house. So we got a drill in the Grimes household. We don't blow a whistle or nothing. We just say, they're coming over. And Mary will jump up, and she'll run over there, and she'll start getting stuff off the couch. They'll get some underwear, a bra. There'll be some socks, some shoes. She'll run. And most of the time, all of it lands on top of our bed. She'll start throwing everything on our bed, and then they'll run in. Somebody be in the kitchen putting everything in the dishwater, wiping down the countertop, and then all of a sudden, you'll hear this. Mary will shut the door, and all this stuff will be in here. Hey, that's nothing new. Kids been doing it forever. Your kid will say, Mama, can I go over to Johnny's house? Is your room clean? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's clean. Okay, I'm going to come check. Hey, give me five minutes, Mama. They'll shove stuff under the bed, put it in the closet, shut it down. Okay, come look, Mama. And then you open the door and the thing falls in on top of you. At the Grimes household, at the Grimes household, we have a drill. If somebody's coming over, we shut everything. And, and, and so that tells me right then and there, it tells you that some things are for private. Some things are meant to be seen, and some things are not meant to be seen. I'm going to educate you because you're not listening. If somebody's asleep by you, just pop them right in the back of the head. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to educate you. I'm going to educate you to what God told me to tell you this morning. 
God, watch this. God don't want everybody to see how you really are all the time. That's for free. God don't want everybody to see how he is or he is or she is all the time. Because if you saw how Stormy was all the time, or if you saw how Courtney was all the time, if you saw how Todd was all the time, don't see Todd in the morning. He won't be an elder. He'll be the devil. <laughs> God sometimes lets us see things, and then God sometimes protects us by shutting these doors to privacy in our life. Everybody in this church is a work in progress. There's some stuff you want people to see, and there's some stuff God don't want anybody to see because we're all a work in progress. Brother Mark, what are you talking about? I'm going to show you something. Not all the time am I smiling and fun. Sometimes I'm worried, I'm distressed, I'm angry, I'm upset. God sometimes hides me so nobody sees me. Sometimes you're acting out. Sometimes you're showing out. Sometimes you're not such a good Christian. Sometimes God shuts the door for your privacy. I'm just speaking English. Now, the churchy people, they don't like to hear that stuff. They want everybody to think they're always righteous, they're always good, they're always on their best game. But if you're real today, aren't you so glad those people don't show up when your husband and you are fighting? When you got five belts laying around the house and you're just waiting for little Johnny to run by so you can get him with one of them? Not only does God shut the door for our protection, but when God shuts the door in our life for our privacy, and God wants to do that, he does that at the Grimes household. You know what I mean. There's something, there's something for people to see, and there's some things for people not to see. A shut door also means private. The unclean, the unkept parts, God says, I know how to shut the door. I can make you look good in front of everybody. But while I'm working on you, I don't want anybody to see. What are you saying, Brother Mark? That's why God says, get your prayer closet. Go in there and shut the door and pray. Because we're unclean sometimes. We're work in progress. We got some things we got to work on. Nobody really wants to admit that. Everybody wants to think that they're perfect. I'm going to admit to you right now why my ministry is successful. Because I come week after week and tell you I'm not perfect. But I know somebody that is. And do I have to measure up to his standards? You bet I do. So I'm working on it. I have to go into my prayer closet, and i got to shut you out. And why I'm mad at you, and when I want to beat you up, and when I want to throw a ninja kick in your eye, I'm just like, hey, Lord, I'm just praying. And you know what? God's got a sense of humor, because if I'm upset about something or somebody, after I've been in my prayer closet, after I've been praying a while, after I feel good about it, I'll open this door and come back out, and there they'll be. I'm like, Lord, I love you. Hey, Brother Mark, we just wanted to see if you wanted to do this. Man. Well, really, I want to dink in your eyes, but I'm, I'm here, whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need. The unclean, the unkept parts. God says, I know how to shut the door 
and I can make you look good. I can make you look better than you really are in those areas while I'm still working on you in private, in the closet. I'm still working on you, and my grace will cover you, and my grace will set you free, and my grace will hide you. Somebody in this place ought to praise him. That people don't see you when you're all crazy. <laughs> you see, God sees everything. God knows everything. And I know we like to act like we got our whole house clean, especially church people. They like to act like they got their whole house clean. But in reality, God says, I'm going to shut this door for your privacy. Because you're about there. But you need to work in this area. I'm going to preach for just a minute. We like to act like we ain't got a son or daughter that's on drugs. We like to act like we got our, our kin folks, our brothers and sisters. None of them's been to prison. We like to act like our kids are perfect and this and that and the other. But in reality, some things are better in private with God. Amen. Church people love to act like their whole house is clean. But the truth is, somewhere there's a dirty closet. Somewhere there's a nasty bathroom. Somewhere there's a toilet that needs scrubbing. Somewhere in your life there's a working progress going on. And I'm so glad for Mark Grimes that God doesn't expose all that to the whole world to see. God says, I'll shut the door on all that mess so the world don't see and when you come out of that closet they'll see what I'm doing God says I can fix those unclean areas he says when you go into the closet and shut the door I can fix those unclean areas a lot of you need to just come into the closet this morning and get right with God so that he can go to work in your life I want to talk to those right now that know that I'm talking to them God says, I'll deal with all your mess that nobody wants to see. I'll deal with everything you're going through if you just trust me. Come into the closet. I'll shut the door and I'll lock it. And we'll have some time together. Being a preacher didn't come with a manual. It came with a book of instructions. The B-I-B-L-E, the book of instructions before I leave this earth, the Bible. But there's no manual about how I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to do, but there's instructions. And God says, I got instructions for every one of us to follow. And when you don't know how to put the pieces together in your life, you don't know how to get off drugs, you don't know how to quit, quit, quit going down the same road. You don't know how to stop being an adulteress. You don't know how to stop lying. You don't know how to stop cheating. You come here, and I'll take you to the closet, and we'll shut the door in that area of your life. Closed doors are for our protection and for our privacy. Always. God says when he shuts the door, no man can open it. If God has shut the door on your past, no man can open it. And you ought to praise him for that. I'm done. Listen to me. I'm done. In God's eyes, we're forgiven. In God's eyes, we're forgiven this morning.
in God's eyes, we're saved. If he is your doorkeeper, we are forgiven, we're saved. To open the door means I have access to something or someone or somebody. But when God shuts that door in your life, it don't matter what the critics say. Critics have been saying things about Joel Osteen ever since he started. Critics have been saying something about Mark Grimes ever since he started. Critics have been saying something about Pastor John Collier for 42 years. They accused him of stealing hamburger buns. People in church sometimes are just retarded. No matter what the critics say about you, if you're born again and you're saved and God is your doorkeeper, it don't matter what your mom and dad think about you. It don't matter what your old friends think about you. It's what God thinks about you that matters and counts. No critics, no attacks, no lies, no slander. When God says you're moving from one place to another, you better get to packing. Because nine years ago, he set before me an open door. He set before me an open door. I was in Waco, Texas, sitting in a blue chair. I said, God, I want to be used by you. He set before me an open door, and I walked through it. That same door is open for you today to receive Christ. Fred, would you stand up real quick? Fred's had a lot of trouble in his life. If you're like Fred and you've had a lot of trouble in your life, would you stand? Don't be ashamed. Fred got in trouble for the last time. Started coming to church. He texted me the other day and said, Is Brother Billy at the church? You know if Brother Billy has his own Bible? Brother Billy's been in a lot of trouble in his life. Brother Fred's been in a lot of trouble in his life. But God set before Fred an open door, laid it on his heart to buy Billy a Bible. As we got through bucking bulls, <laughs> keep standing with me. As we got through bucking bulls the other night, he went and took that Bible and he gave it to Billy. He said, here, man, God laid this on my heart to give to you. I stopped Fred on the way out because God links all that stuff up and I kind of know stuff. I said, I'm proud of you, Freddie. Proud of who you're becoming. Proud that you're Robbie's dad. And I love Robbie. I love you. And God loves all of us. And he took all these people that are standing that are not ashamed of him. He took our mess. And he began to go to work on it. And God wants to take your mess this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Everyone stand with me today. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to do an altar call. I'm not going to make you do anything uncomfortable. But when God says you're moving from one place to another, and he sets before me an open door that no man can shut. God's moving in this place right now. You're here today and you say, God, Pastor Mark was talking about my life. I'm a mess sometimes, Lord. Clean up my areas. 
that you know about, God. Pray that with me. Just say, clean up my areas that you know about, Lord. Somebody ought to thank him right now that God has shut the door of the drug man out of your life. That alcoholism is not a poison that's running through your veins anymore. That pornography, you've gotten it out of your life. And God has locked that stuff out. You don't need that anymore. All you need is Jesus. If you're here today and you want to praise Him for all that He's done in your life, just tell Him in your heart, say, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life and what you're going to do in my life. If you're here today and you need a relationship with God, if He's knocking at the door of your heart, let Him in right now. Listen, let Him in right now. Nine years from now, you can take my place. Nine years from now, you could be doing some amazing things. A, a, a day from now, a door could appear. A year from now, six months, three days, a door could appear. And all of a sudden, you're not broke. All of a sudden, you're not sick. All of a sudden, you're set free. God, throw these doors up for these people. And let them walk through it. If there's anybody here that don't want to leave out of here without trusting Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. If you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? If not, pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to serve you from this day forward. I love you, Lord. Thank you for these doors that you open and you shut. You are mighty powerful. In his name we pray today. Amen. Somebody praise him this morning. You may be seated.